side of our brains that says, yay, I'm okay, I'm going to make it. It's going to be all right. Until all of those comments and the feedback stops coming and then we're confused about who we are again. You want to understand why young people are so hurting right now? That roller coaster that I just described. Or we try to find love in, in human relationships. Or hoping that, man, just if we find the right person, then I'll know what love is. But we forgot that, like, human beings are broken. <laughs> and, and we try to draw something out of them that they can't actually produce in themselves. And then we get disappointed and we get discouraged and we get overwhelmed. At what point do we just accept that that <laughs> it doesn't work? Just for fun, I, I typed, uh, what is love into Google this week? <laughs> and I uh, saw a video of Will Ferrell doing this. <laughs> if you know what that is, you're a sinner and you need Jesus. <laughs> totally kidding. That was not the first thing that popped up. That's what popped up in my mind when I wrote, what is love? I was like, what is love? <laughs> like, shoot. <laughs> Many teachers. <laughs> kind of makes a point. Anyway. Any, anybody want to guess how many, how many articles, how, how many things popped up in under a second? Any guesses? 7.5 billion. Go ahead, you can do it later. It might be more now. <laughs> 7.5 billion articles, videos, websites, all giving you the answer to the question, what is love? No wonder we're so confused. <laughs> Humanity's attempt to bring clarity has only brought utter confusion. And this is the world young people are growing up in. I'm going to stop here for a second. Friends, our kids and those that are growing up, they need you. They need you to teach them about love. They need you to teach them about a God of love. We have a responsibility. Don't take that lightly. We get to be a part of showing who our creator is by the way we love and serve and the way that we teach. What we're longing for is the kind of love that never fails. This is what kids are longing for, a love that never fails, a love that's patient and kind and it doesn't envy or boast and it keeps no record of wrongs doesn't delight in evil but rejoices in the truth and it always hopes and always perseveres and always trusts that might just be scripture I just read because <laughs> the Bible tells us about that kind of love and it's a love only found in Jesus what we hunger for God provided today the world is attempting to manufacture love apart from the foundational truth that God is love and when you remove God from the picture, you've got no, 
no plumb line. There's no absolutes. There's no, love is whatever you want it to be. And so we're essentially trying to build houses without the foundation. And they may look pretty. They may look great. But they will not last. And houses are being built day after day and being destroyed day after day as people try to invest and connect with something that actually isn't love. And we're talking about human lives that are being affected by this. Jesus himself, he, he speaks to this idea in his Sermon on the Mount. At the very end of all of his teaching, his, his famous sermon, he gives the picture of building on the rock. You may be familiar with this. Listen to, listen to his words. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, this is God speaking, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Is there not winds and rain and floods that are constantly beating on the house in the world we live in today? Okay, he's describing life. But it did not fall. Why? Because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Guess what? The same storm is coming. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The amazing news of Advent is that God showed up to rescue us from ourselves. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. He is the rock that's immovable. He is the firm foundation. He came to bring restoration and healing to a confused and broken world. And he did so by reconnecting us to the source. He removed the barrier of sin. He restored right relationship. And this kind of impersonal, it can be impersonal idea that God is love became very personal in the person of Jesus. God is love and he loves you. He loves you. He knows you. That is awesome. And it's not built on your merit or your worthiness. It's built on the character and nature of God. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that that he came for you? Not the person sitting next to you or the bigger idea, but you personally. Do you believe that he saw you and came to you in your moment of need? Do you believe that God can restore and heal you? you? Do you believe that he cares about your struggles and your pain? Do you you believe that he's extended grace and forgiveness? Do you believe that his desire is to pick you up and to put you back on the firm foundation? This is the heart of God for you and for me. This is good news. Do you believe that he's called himself to you in love? Now, if, if we can grab hold of that and believe that, how does it affect the way we live our life today? I'm glad you asked the question. (laughs) Continuing in verse 11. Beloved, if if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 
No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. And we've seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And so we've come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. This is a beautiful text because what we actually see in this small section of scripture is the triune nature of God. Did you catch it? It's all three parts of who he is. He's three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God the Father sent the Son who then sent the Spirit. God is love. God manifested love in his Son. And now God's Spirit empowers us to love. And each of these ideas builds on the next. Starting with the foundation. We gotta get that right. God is Love, perfectly manifested in Jesus, now available to you, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're called to simply give away what we've received, to love the way that we've been loved and forgiven, to show grace the way that we've been shown grace, to show mercy the way that we've been shown mercy. This is, this is the task before us. And this is why the scriptures refer to the church as the body of Christ, because by his spirit, we continue to be the physical manifestations of God's love in the world. Isn't that cool? The head, Jesus Christ, and his body. The way, the way that you care for somebody as they walk through the door on a Sunday morning, by the power of the spirit, you're manifesting love. Isn't that awesome? And it's not just here, it's when you go to like, Hagen. It's when you're at Walmart. We need some love in Walmart. It's wherever you are. By the Spirit of God, you're an embodiment of God's love to the world. I get jazzed by it. That is a beautiful thing. In a world that's crying out and searching for love, we know the answer. We were created to be uh, fully saturated in the love of God. This is what's cool. So in, in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, before the fall, we existed in God's presence with God, fully saturated by his love. And, and God's design is that we're so saturated with the love of God that it just oozes out of us. And so we share it with one another. And because we're connected to the source, we never run out. So it doesn't matter how much you pour out, you're filled up. This is, this is the design, this is God's heart for his creation, that we're so filled and, and we know who we are. Our identity is so connected to who we are in him that he is love that we're just filled up. We pour out, we're filled up, we pour out. 
But here's the problem, right? In the beginning, we disconnected from the source. And maybe we started pouring out. And eventually, we gave everything that we had. And because we're disconnected from the source, our mindset changes now. Because I only got a little bit left. So I got to protect what I have. And I'm no longer thinking about how generous I can be with what's been given to me. I'm more interested in where can I get more. We become consumers, not contributors. We become people who try to protect because somebody might ask something of me that I don't have. And I don't have any more to give. What we need is to be saturated in the love of God again. And, and this, is, <laughs> this is Advent. God came to saturate us in his love again. Love was manifested to us because God is so good that he saw our broken and frail and dried out state and he didn't say, gosh, you bunch of tools. That's what I would have said. He didn't say that. His heart was broken because of his great love. He can't, his very existence is love. And so he moved towards us and offered forgiveness to a bunch of dried out sponges. <laughs> we can be restored. We can be healed. We can be made whole. So, so maybe in this Christmas season, maybe, maybe you're feeling a bit dry. Maybe you're feeling a bit wrung out. Maybe you're feeling like, I've tried to give as much as I have to give. The tank is empty. I don't know if I can do it anymore. Here's my encouragement to you. You can't do it anymore. But God sees you. He knows your name. And he is ready to provide the resources of heaven to you so that you can be filled up again, know who you are in his love, and be able to pour out again and again and again and again. You need to be saturated. Maybe this morning you need to be saturated again. You need to be filled up. You need your tank filled. And, and I believe this morning, that's probably why you're here. I don't know. Maybe God orchestrates this kind of stuff. I think about it all the time. When I think about where I came from and what I was planning to do, and now I'm here on an island in Washington, <laughs> God's got to be involved in this somehow. So... He's, he may have you here because your heart is, is crying out for, maybe you're searching for love and you can't find it and you're feeling so empty. Turn to Jesus. He can give you what you need. Uh, worship team, you guys can join me. Um, we're going to take communion together as we close. For those of you at home, we kind of forgot to let you know that's on me. I'll give you about 30 seconds to go find a cracker or something. Um, we, we gather around this symbolic meal. The cracker's on the bottom of this cup, if you're newer, just so you know how to get it out of there. Okay. 
We gather around this symbolic meal, not just at Christmas time, but often. We do it once a month as a community of faith because we need to constantly be reminded of everything that I just said. (laughs) And Jesus, being God, knew that. And so he gathered his disciples before he even went to the cross and said, you know what you're going to need to do on a regular basis? Come back to the story and remember that my love has been poured out for you. It's not what you bring to the table. I'm bringing everything to the table. You're receiving. God's love was poured out to us in his son. His body was broken for us. It didn't come out of cost. Things needed to be made right. And he took that on himself for you, for me. It's not something we deserve. It's something he gave. The body of Christ, which is broken for you and for me. Let's take that together. The blood of Christ, which was poured out for you and for me, for the forgiveness of our sins so that we could walk and be saturated in the love of God. Let's receive the cup together. Will you stand with me as we close?